0: Talking to the brightest minds in tech.
1: We are technologists, and we share an awesome responsibility. The next three decades will hold even more progress, coming more quickly than ever before. A new age of miracles is literally just around the corner.
0: Your hosts are Mark Schaefer and Douglas Carr. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Luminaries, where we talk to the brightest minds in tech. And this is Mark Schaefer, as always, with my co-host, Douglas Carr. Doug, we got an amazing show today. Yes, absolutely. We're going to be peering into the future and explore some new research into how technology is changing the economy of the future. So this is going to be really, really wonderful. And today, we're with Angus Hegarty he's the president for Dell Technologies in Europe, Middle East, and Africa. And in addition to his focus on delivering essential technology infrastructure to this part of the world, he also co-leads Dell's Global Women's Network and is a member of Dell's Global Diversity Council. He's chairman of the Executive Council for the American Chamber of Commerce to the European Union. And he is very passionate about using technology for social good. Now, if that wasn't enough. <laughs> That's a long business card. Yeah. I mean, if you're not excited already, we're going to be focusing on a newly released research report, Forecasting How Technology Will Enable the Global Economy. It's an amazing report. Um, it's called The Future of the Economy, and this report will be available in the show notes. So be sure to visit the Luminaries page. To see this wonderful report, Angus, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Doug. Delighted to be here. Well, thank you for the introduction. That was yeah. fantastic.
0: Well, we've heard so much about you, and it's, and I've been looking forward to this uh, to meeting you uh, all week. We've got the pleasure of actually doing this podcast uh, live and in person, and so let's just get into this report because uh, this is really an eye-opening report. I, I'm I'm a futurist. Sort of geek. Fantastic. I mean, I love seeing how trends come together. So one of the themes, if I'm reading this report correctly, is the key word friction. Friction. So technology will eliminate the historical friction of transactions and processes we've been accustomed to in our world. Is that accurate? Yeah, I mean, let me, let me tell you a little bit about the report. So, first
2: of all, it's, um, as you said, the future of the economy. It's actually our second report. Mm-hmm. And on this occasion, working with the Institute of the Future, we looked at looking out to 2030. What does what the economies and the jobs of the future look like? Um, there's a lot of, of discussion. I'm sure you've heard it around oh, all the machines are going to replace all the jobs, therefore we won't have uh, anyone will have jobs. It'll all be done by machines. This report clearly articulates that there's a big word between those two words, which is and. It's machines and humans working together. Yes, jobs are going to change. But if you go look at back at history, and you look at all the changes that occurred over the decades, it's always been changing and evolving. All I think the technology is doing is accelerating that change, and is clearly having a bigger impact. And what we like about this looking forward is we're thinking about the future, we're thinking about what those are going to be. There's one massive positive theme I draw from the report, massive job creation. There is going to be a plethora of new jobs created. Over two thirds of the jobs that will be there in 2030 aren't even created today. So it's really important that we as companies, educators and organizations are thinking about what those skills of the future are and thinking about how we can uh, ensure that we're retraining teams, we're bringing through education in schools and universities the right skills and requirements uh, for the future. And in that job, uh, jobs for the future, I think it's all about continuous learning. There is no longer you know, you do a role or a job and it's a job for life, as it might have been for generations before, it's very much about learning, continuing to learn enhancing your skills, for me and for everybody else in in, in our organization and company and STEM or STEAM, including arts, is absolutely critical to the future digital skills that we require, so for me, very exciting, I like looking out into the future as you talked about Mark, and thinking about what are those key requirements Um, but I would say very positive as long as we embrace the change and we focus on the skills and requirements of the future.
0: So for someone listening out there, maybe uh, we've got a young listener and he said, people are thinking, I want to be part of this future. What are some of those skills specifically that you would advise maybe your own children to be looking at as we go forward? So
2: so I I think that definitely from a digital will play a significant part. And uh, we're, we're spending a lot of time as a company working back into primary schools, into secondary education. In helping people think about careers and choice in careers, um, thinking about the subjects like maths and engineering, thinking about what they might do as they go on to third level education. Um, there's also a big element, by the way, 50% of the population is female. How do we get more diversity into uh, our, 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 our students and, and those coming into work that are coming you know, with a broader set of diversity from a gender perspective to allow, have a greater pool and mix of those skills? So encouraging young people it's it's not for everybody you know and arts is important within it by the way because innovation is the other key thing coming out here and how people can work in teams and communicate and can innovate around the technology and the digital for the future but stem and those stem skills and subjects i think will be a bedrock of the skills we'll require in the future
1: i love that i I think uh, agility creativity continuous change those are all constants now absolutely Fantastic. I'd, I'd like to re- read a quote from this report uh, that I thought was fascinating. It said, Machines are not only discovering and purchasing products. Products are becoming software-defined, upgradable, and in that regard, perpetually unfinished. They will increasingly seek out software to improve how they function given a user's underlying needs. And that's fascinating. I've been doing a lot of work in the robotic process automation industry recently, and, and I'm, I'm just fascinated with machines controlling machines. Um uh, this is obviously exciting and interesting, uh, but I'm curious about the risks involved. So the vulnerabilities with security and and the gaps there, and 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 what we're doing to overcome those.
2: Yeah, no, I think uh, security is definitely a key issue, and in in, in in talking with our customers they would highlight uh, one of the biggest risks and elements being around security. Um, and I think as you, as you look into the multi-cloud world, we're here at Dell Technology World, we've been making a lot of announcements around Dell Technologies' capabilities across those multi-cloud environments and how you can move workloads and applications across them, creating that flexibility uh, for our customers. Uh, but security is a key element to it. and is definitely a big barrier to embracing that digital transformation and embracing that multi-cloud opportunity. For me, I see it as, you know, a lot of people think security, well, that's got to do with, uh, you know, some software and some technology that keeps everything secure. It's not. It has to do with people. It has to do with process. And it has to do with the technology element. Um, And so working with our customers, um, they're thinking very much about how uh, people are using data, how they're handling data things like GDPR the regulatory requirements that we now have in Europe you know some might say well that's 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 a challenge for businesses and there's a bit of work to do that but it's helping to shape how our people and the culture and work should use that data and information whether it's business uh, data or, or on business customers or on consumers And then the right processes to manage that in the right way. And then finally, as you work into a multi-cloud environment, yes, the technology does have vulnerabilities, and you have to make sure there's a layer around that from a security point of view. Here at Dell Technology World, we have some big announcements from SecureWorks, for example, and RSA. They're just two key elements within the security solutions that we do as well for our customers.
0: So I want to uh, switch gears a little bit here because there was another part of this report that I thought was absolutely fascinating. And I know this is also a piece that's that's close to your heart, Africa. So this is uh, featured in the report, how Africa is going to be leading some of the areas of innovation. And it's something I've been following for years. I really admire the resourcefulness there because they don't have a lot of the resources we have in other parts of the world. And so they find ways to get the job done, and there's an amazing amount of innovation coming out of uh, Africa. And I can just imagine as 5G comes to Africa, this is just going to be an amazing area of opportunity, isn't it?
2: Yeah, Africa is, a, is a, a, you know, first of all, you know, Africa is a continent, but in itself, it's diverse in its cultures. It's it's diverse in, in uh, so many ways. We have been investing in Africa for over 25 years. Um, we have a very large presence in Johannesburg and Cape Town in South Africa, but very significant centers from a, a, a skills and competency point of view in Morocco, over 2,000 people, in Egypt, in Cairo. Um, and, and across the continent of Africa, across across all the key markets and areas there. Very innovative people. Uh, if I take just Kenya as an example, I was in K- Kenya for the first time probably about 15 years ago. And what struck me there was the resourcefulness and the innovation and the entrepreneurship yeah. of that mm. g- group, uh, uh, culture and individuals. And I'd also highlight very much led by the females within the the leadership and within that uh, uh, culture as well, too. Um, Over 50% of entrepreneurs in the continent of Africa are female. Wow. A very different dynamic to what you see globally, which is about 20%. So quite a significant uh, difference. Um, I think what you notice in Africa is they're skipping through generations of technology, um, very strong on mobile. Um, um, And even some of the more recent developments you see, for example, on banking within mobile was in place in many countries in Africa, started in Kenya, actually, with uh, solutions that Vodafone did, where they could move money through payment processes on mobile phones uh, for many, many years before true application-based mobile banking uh, came, came to the fore. Um, as, 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 a, as a continent, it definitely is very young. Uh, I would say innovative, as I mentioned before, um, and we have found it as a great location not just to serve our businesses in Africa, but actually from a multilingual and from a global and EMEA perspective as well. So some of those locations I mentioned service some of our largest customers from a services perspective right across uh, the region. It's also a continent in which we have, as a company and and as a team particularly, focused in around social impact. And again, we see the innovation from our teams there. Uh, We've developed solutions, for example, in remote uh, parts of some of these countries in Africa, where we've developed uh, solar-powered classrooms for coding Mm. and for classrooms. I've visited many of these as I've traveled around the continent, Um, and this is enabling education into remote areas, solving problems like power not always been available at all times and keeping secure using thin uh, VDI technology we have within the um, client uh, solutions business and um, and then uh, bringing uh, education and educating uh, teachers to bring students up to speed on coding and building some of these stem subjects and skills that we talked about earlier on as well too lots of lots of exciting content, great opportunities skipping through technologies um, Ethiopia is another great example. We have a project there we're doing with a, an NGO Kamara and the Ministry of Education where we're br- using technology to bring more ed- into education for 1.3 million students across that country um, and covering over 2,300 schools. And not just at the secondary level but right through primary and through both girls and boys as well too.
0: So it, is Dell's uh, interest in a, in something like that, is it More than providing technology, are you also trying to really just encourage the whole STEM integration in the education system?
2: I would say all of those, but I would say there's also an element of focus um, within the UN Sustainability Goals. Goal 8 is about uh, creating jobs and innovation and, and employment. And we believe that by investing in technology and education and creating opportunities and encouraging entrepreneurship in these countries across Africa, as we do elsewhere, but we have a bigger focus here, that will create jobs, growth and expansion uh, that will create success uh, for these economies and in turn businesses for us to grow and develop over time.
0: Uh, another piece of the of this report that was so interesting to me is, of course, I'm sort of a tech geek and a and a, a, a trends geek. I can think that a lot of people who read this report are going to go, "Wow!" I'm not sure if I'm ready for this kind of a future. And it occurred to me that there's almost a psychological element of this to secure this this uh, technological. Uh, revolution and how it's going to change the economy. And I was reading recently how there was actually an attack on autonomous vehicles in Arizona. And it it, it was like people were, were pushing back saying, we don't want this. We're not ready for this. We don't want these on our streets. And it, and it, and I was re- right about when that report came out, I was reading this the, the, the report from, from Dell. And, you know, maybe this is sort of a philosophical question, but I'm wondering if digital transformation in the future require expertise in psychology and the psychology of change as people might be hitting this wall saying, this is enough. I, c- I can't handle this speed
2: I I think uh, different different people have different uh, companies and skills and ability to absorb things like change, for example, and ambiguity of of, of change as well, too. Uh, For me, um, it's an inevitability. I mean, it's accelerating. I think that's probably the big dynamic for people is Mm -hmm. the speed at which uh, digital is changing industries, businesses, jobs, as we talked about. And as we paint the picture and look out into, you know, 10 years ahead, a decade ahead, obviously accelerating in significant change. So what's critical here, I think, and it's the same within our company, is we lead from the top. We explain to people you know, uh, what this change is, what the benefit and value of it is, and how we'll navigate our way through that. So lay out a vision, lay out a strategy, talk to people about how we're going to support them. And um, Maybe in the past, in other industries and companies, it's been about, this is your skill set, the skill set is gone. We, we, we absolutely in our company and with our customers map out what those skills are and what the pool of skills we have today are and then talk to people about how we're going to navigate them to these new skills through training and development. And I would say 95% of the time people welcome that because it's career, it's development, it's growth, it's new um, uh, skills, new areas. Um, and, you know, as, as, as a technology company, We've been through a lot of change because of technology change, but now the technology underpins the business strategy of all industries and all companies. Mm -hmm. The wider industries and the wider are feeling that pace of change. Um, And and that's why when we talk about digital transformation, we clearly talk about the technology, but we also talk about the change that you have to manage within your culture, within your people, within your workforce. That's probably as big an element and definitely a critical element to success.
0: One thing I was reminded of as I was listening to you there was, um, I believe it's uh, the country of Finland is sponsoring classes for its citizens on artificial intelligence to uh, to say this is coming yeah. and we, we want you to be comfortable yeah. with this and we want your feedback on how this might be applied to our country and our, and our lives and, and our business. And that's correct, yeah. Mark, that,
2: that communication and engagement, mm-hmm. I think when... These things don't do well is when maybe people ignore a leadership level to change, don't build a strategy with a medium to long-term lens of, of how to get there, but most importantly, communicating both ways and engaging with people and listening as well as sharing, laying out that vision and explaining why and what the benefit will be and what the challenges we have to t- take on are.
0: Yeah, just considering that human impact and ab- everything ab- that ab- we absolutely. do. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Well, and it is fascinating just even in, in this conversation talking about culturally that, you know, in Arizona, resistance to autonomous cars, but in Africa, an openness to open up their rooms and skip generations of technology. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's really thought-provoking. Absolutely. I, I, I
2: try one one other thought and point on my side of this as well, too, is technology and change in technology can be all-encompassing to our lives. I do think as an, an individual, and I think about this personally as well, too, is, you know uh, – I'll give you an example. So when I go on holidays and I'm not at work, I step away from technology. Mm-hmm. You know, I I don't have a reader. I read paper-based books. I like to do that. Um, I switch off from work. I, I try and get the balance right. We talked earlier on about the breadth of you know my role within EMEA, and uh, you know I travel a lot. I'm away from home about 80 percent of the time. So I, I want to make sure also that you know I have relationships with my family and friends. Uh, that you know, and they're important. That engagement, that that you know, engaging with people, talking with people, etc. And it should not be about always being on. And, and always technology. Uh, so I, I think there's a balance element there, and I think individually, you have to think a little bit about that, and we we'll certainly have done that. With you know, I switch off when I go on holidays. I try and switch off when I get home in the evening times, and and just uh, spend time uh, spend time with family and friends, and uh, and put the technology to one side. It's not it's not it's not about being on on all the time.
1: Amen. <laughs> And you're you're embedded in this on a daily basis. This is your life. I'm curious, you know, with this report, was there something that just energized you that came through on the report or reinforced what your beliefs were?
2: Yeah, I, I, it definitely. It, was, it would be a couple of points I made earlier on, I just underpin again, that there is significant change coming. And like all change, it will create challenges. We've talked about some of them here today. But it creates a massive opportunity, yes. and for individuals, companies, for countries, for economies to think about that and to take a medium to long-term planning and thinking right through the education system, through training. There is a massive opportunity uh, for for growth, development, career, um, and technology will impact so many areas so much. I mean, we we talk about within our social impact one of the key pillars being around technology for good. If you think of the things that technology are now doing within the healthcare space, for example, and and medicine and medical care, what it's doing in education that we talked about earlier on and some of the examples there, that's really, really exciting. Um, But you have to understand the change, the challenges, and lay out a plan at an individual, as I said, a company and at an economy and country level.
0: Well, our, our time is, is is flying by, and this is so interesting. And I wish we could just keep on going on the, on the report because, and again, I want to encourage everyone to take a look at this report. Go to the Luminaries page and uh, and download this thing. But I also want to talk. Uh, uh, use this opportunity to talk about your day job a little bit too. I <laughs> imagine it must be really challenging for you to oversee such a diverse region is selling across Europe, Middle East, and Africa as complicated as I imagine this is? Or are there sort of general standards and requirements that are emerging to make some aspects at least of technology universal today? Yeah,
2: I, I, it's, it's a very diverse region in EMEA as I mentioned. Yeah. I, I travel extensively, spending about 80% of my, my time uh, out there in the region. I, I try and invest a significant portion when I go somewhere with our customers, with our partners, with influencers, understanding the um, the economies, understanding the businesses, and spending time with our teams that we, we are investing in, growing, and developing, and how we can support them in, be, in being successful. Um, it, it, it always—I really love the diversity of the different cultures. And as a family, we travel. We've traveled a lot around Africa and South America on, on holidays. And it's always fascinating to see new foods, new cultures, new languages, music. Uh, really, really enjoy enjoy that. And um, we work across so many different industries. So the industry diversity is very, very interesting. And we work with everyone from consumers and. Um, where technology is impacting their day-to-day lives, all the way up through to the largest companies in the world, and, and how they're working and navigating through through that change. And as you visit some of these cities, you know you see also how technology is making these cities safer, uh, making them smarter, uh, making them more efficient as well too, with a, with a, with a lot of a lot of uh, services and capability. And and there's that constant impact that technology uh, is having. And um, I would say though that there's a huge amount of consistency right across all of those countries, industries, customer types around what we call this digital transformation. And we have this thing called the Digital Transformation Index, where we measure in each of these countries, we look at it by the different verticals and areas, and it's very, very consistent. On average, Across all of these countries and regions, across EME, about 4% of customers are what we call digital leaders, where they've moved through that transformation and are really using technology to enable their business, to transform their business and, and, and from an application and transformation point of view. They're using technology at the workforce end of, of, of things as well, too. Um, and there's some leaders within that. So there are some differences. If you think of countries like Portugal, Switzerland, for example, and um, South Africa and, and Italy, almost 10% are digital leaders. So you do see pace of change. That's like uh,
0: higher than America, yeah, if yeah, I remember yes, correctly. it is. It is. I some, think America is around
2: five. Five, correct. Yeah. Uh, and and it's, uh, it's interesting to see how some economies and some countries... And businesses within those areas have embraced it and driven a lot of leadership around that change and, and adjustment as well, too. So a lot of consistency, um, but also some, some elements of, of uniqueness within some of the geos as well.
1: One thing that we touched on a few times in the conversation was uh, diversity and gender diversity is one of those things that I know is important to you. You, uh, you actually co-lead Dell's Global Women's Network. Um, so here we are, three white male businessmen talking about this, but Mark and I both have daughters that are in the business world right now. You know, what would your charge to be be to us as leaders within our industry to be good allies and to really push for diversity and inclusivity? So,
2: so first of all, I, I, uh, I, I think about it exactly the way you think about it as well, but I actually prioritize it much more from a business perspective and as a business imperative. I, I think to be a successful team, organization, company or business, you have to have a strong breadth of diversity but you also need to adopt within your team and organizations an inclusivity of how you harness that diversity of of thought, experience, competency, et cetera. And gender is one aspect. And uh, most definitely, as we talked about around STEM and access to those skills, et cetera, making sure that you're you're accessing the full pool of talent is really, really important to address those growing needs and requirements we have from a digital and STEM point of view as well. For me, the light bulb moment was when we brought our region together here in EME, and I took the leadership position, like, I guess, almost eight years ago now or just over eight years ago, and I formed the leadership team, and I found that I had one female across the leadership organization. Mm. At the time, I hadn't really noticed that I also hadn't as much cultural diversity. as I, And I came later when I did other programs. I realized I actually needed to look at this across many lenses of diversity to make sure we were, we were achieving that. Now I'm glad to say that 50% of our GMs and senior vice presidents of our businesses in the region are female and 50% are men. And wow. that balance of representation is really important. A little later, as I mentioned, I, I realized that I had too many um, English-speaking um, uh, and, and, and not enough diversity of culture representation particularly across the Middle East and Africa and now we've leaders on our team who are from Morocco from, from Egypt and much more cultural diversity across Eastern Europe as well too on the leadership teams uh, but it's a constant journey around you know uh, supporting the organization attracting talent in and building the organization and creating that engagement and engagement from the employees within the organization as well too but gen- for me it's a business imperative it, it absolutely differentiates you from your competition, from other companies, and when there is such a challenge on talent and retaining talent and accessing talent and bringing talent, that's why this, for me, is a really, really business-critical area to uh, to focus on and continuously be looking to improve on.
0: As I'm listening to you from a leadership perspective, I'm imagining it also takes more patience.
2: Yes, and time, absolutely. You know, yeah, 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 it, yeah. It, that, that, that really
0: needs to be a core leadership skill, I think. If you really want to really enact diversity in in your team.
2: And it has to start at the very top of the company. Michael is passionate about this. Michael chairs our uh, diversity inclusion council and team. And, and again, it's across all those lenses of diversity. Uh, and that has cascaded down through the organization. It has to be led from the top. You have to walk the talk. And I absolutely agree, agree with you on patience and and investing time and listening and understanding um why and asking lots of questions and 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 then using that to change and drive initiatives and programs that over time you you grow and develop your talent and diversity of talent but really critical is creating an inclusive environment to unlock that diversity to, to 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 there's no point in having it if it's not being used listened and applied to driving better decisions better outcomes better products and services that you're creating for your customers
0: well, Angus, we sure have been uh, really inspired by your uh, visit with us today. Thank you so much. I just feel like we're just scratching the surface, the surface, and I hope you'll come back and visit I, us again. I would be delighted uh, because to do that. there's just so much you can offer to our listeners, and and your and your, your unique perspectives on on the world and all the things you're involved in. So, Angus Hegarty, uh, be sure to look at this future of the economy report. And uh, we sure appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening to our show. We never take you for granted. This is Mark Schaefer and, of course, Doug Carr. We'll see you next time on Luminaries. Luminaries, talking to the brightest minds in tech. A podcast series from Dell Technologies.